Welcome back to the Corridor of Uncertainty podcast. It's the Weekend Roundup, uh, Episode 7. Um, I'm Luke, and I'm joined by... Uh, ben. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right, but I just had some squash shock, and it's gone down the wrong hole. Oh, that's never good. I've, I've got another new beverage, actually, on, on, the, on the beverage talk. Oh, had a, what did I have the other day? I had a jam on toast tea, which is growing on me. Right. Um, and today I've got a Pepsi Max raspberry. Um, it's okay. It's quite nice. It's not. It's not my uh, top tier drink. Is Diet Coke strawberry. So I was hoping it was going to hit the heights of that, but it hasn't. No, I'm more of a Coke guy than a Pepsi guy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, we have got three Premier League games to go through. Four FA Cup games. Only three. Only three. Um, and obviously EFL in Europe in action. Before we go, we'll have a look at. The FA Cup draw, um, and also the Champions League draw, which we haven't discussed yet. Um, so let's get let's get straight into it, shall we? Let's do it, man. Um, we started off with a big game for Fulham on Friday night. It was a really good chance to get themselves out of the bottom three, as they obviously played before anybody else. Yes. Um, but they didn't. Um, it was uh, a, a game where the quality of Leeds... Um, was just too much for Fulham and they couldn't really handle the intensity. Um, but yeah, yeah, and not not the worst Fulham performance. Um, but yeah, Leeds. This is one of those games where sometimes they get undone um, and they run themselves in, into a bit of madness, and that the opponent can just break on them. But this was not one of those occasions. They uh, just just were the better side throughout, really. Yeah, definitely. I, I I think it was a massive game for Leeds. You know, they don't do too brilliantly when they go to London, which isn't really what you want when you're playing in a league with like six different London teams or something. Yeah. Like, so to finally break that will definitely be a uh, big thing for them, even if it's only Fulham, you know, but still it just sort of cuts out any superstition really yeah. anyway. But yeah, um, they started with a... Uh... With an embarrassing celebration, basically, Luke Halen had a, his first ever Premier League goal oh. disallowed, but he got his man done out, started playing the guitar, um, <laughs> and then he had to put it all back in again when he got disallowed, which I can imagine took quite a while. He's got a lot of hair. His goal. Um, but yeah, Mesler did have to make a few really good stops. To be fair, and it was weird. I was watching it, and it's like. When he comes off his line, he looks quite shaky. And I think that's a part of his game he can improve on. But as a shot stopper in this game, he made some really good saves. Yeah, um, definitely. And your man scored as well. And yeah, Patrick Bramford gets his 14th goal and his sixth assist of the season. So that's 20 goal contributions um, in his first Premier League season in a while. So that is pretty. That is just absolutely quality. And like I said, Gareth, what you're playing at and he's really um, that was really a, a message I don't know what well, might not have been in his head at all but it was a definitely a message to Southgate saying look at me I'm I'm here I'm I'm scoring what do you want me to do to get in that team really yeah same day as well wasn't he like, got left out and then he goes and scores and it's just like oh whoops yeah um, but yeah Fulham, Fulham got back in the game after after Bamford's goal um, Anderson converted from a, a Lookman corner, and Lookman is so exciting. Um, if Fulham yeah. do go down, he, is, he on, is he on loan? Yeah, I think he's only on loan. Yeah, but 
well, well, I can. I think he'll be in the Premier League again next season. He he has been so just. It's just got so much energy, and he's so exciting. Um, and yeah, I, I definitely think he'll be in the Premier League again next season, or at least um, playing for like Leipzig. Like Leipzig, sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, after that, um, and that was Bamford also leads his first goal in five games or something, wasn't it? As well, yeah. That's true. Um, two. Well, they actually got three, but only two. Um, and then Bamford had provider for Rafinha, who got oh, himself a, a little toe-poke goal, which you'd be proud of. I would. Then. Yeah, was a bit. A, it was a big part of my game back in the day. So yeah, but um, just on Rafinha's goal as well. Before we move on, um, wow, not much space to work with, was there? But. Whew. Yeah, they're, they're sort of the two star men for Leeds um, this season. They've had a, they've been good players over, all over the pitch, but the two standouts have been Bamford and Rafinha. You think both of them will be there? Yeah, I can't, I, I can't see Bamford leaving. Um, Rafinha, it's not worked for him at too many clubs, but Rafinha, it, yeah, you can see a few teams. I know. Looking at him, I've been interested. Yeah. Um, Whether or not he's- on the Fulham front. Scott Parker took his coat off, which I've been asking him to. And they lost. Um, and they lost. So maybe, Scott. Put your coat back on, mate. Put it back on. <laughs> um, yeah, so but that, that was about it. Was, it was a good game. Uh, both sides had chances, but Leeds deservedly taking the win in the end. Yes, definitely. Um, and we'll go on to another side who deservedly took well, the win. Um, just before we say that, Fulham had more possession... More shots on target, more corners as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that they they had their chances, and I, but I just think they and Parker's interview afterwards, he was pretty much saying that they never were really able to like get hold of the game, like a, a real grip on it. They were always sort of they, they never really looked likely to to put yeah. the ball past past Leeds, even though they had a, enough of the ball and enough chances to do it leads over over random in the end I think yeah it just definitely goes to show how there has to be some form of context to stats really for you to for them to mean anything really you know what I mean yeah definitely like the stats that you can say matter like you know Messi scored so and so amount of goals in so and so amount of games however you know you've got to look at stats in the right context really yeah you can always make and I like to do it when we do our Premier League rankings. You can always make stats work for you and against you, just depending on the context you put them in. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Um, but yeah, big game. Big, big game at the bottom. Um, Luke's boy. Which is, yeah, my, my boy's Brighton um, versus Newcastle. And this was, after, after Fulham slipping up, this will be even more of a, a bit of an annoyance for them because they would have, would have climbed out the bottom three with a with a win if they had taken one. But Brighton absolutely dominant, and we've seen before. But they they scored three goals and they were fantastic again. Uh, Newcastle absolutely horrendous. They had one decent chance with uh, Fraser at the start of the second half, which could have changed the game. But the post- other than that, yeah. But other than that, Brighton fantastic. Yeah, definitely was a a, a big one. Uh, Brighton now four points clear of Newcastle and six points clear of Fulham, which is a massive step really for them, especially this late on in the season. 
Uh, yeah, as well. Two 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 wins uh, in a row now for Brian, who had a massive week because they obviously just beat Southampton and took that confidence into this game. Yeah. And that that was that. So it's been a really big week for Brighton in terms of just getting those results over the line, and they've done both of them emphatically and well deserved. Yeah, hundred percent. And Newcastle, I think it was was it Hayden who went off injured as well. Which yeah, is a big loss, really, especially him. Like, you know, some players you could say, oh, you know, it's not going to really make that much difference, but Hayden's one of the better ones, I'd, I'd argue. Yeah, I, I think as well. I think Wilson might be back soon after the international break, which would be uh, sort of a, the, the best. They've got a few injuries, um, but Wilson's just that one that if you get that one chance, he's the most likely to put it away. Yeah. Um, and they really need him. Yeah. Um, so Joel Linton plays on the wing some of the time and all, but you'd have thought he would be a better striker than Almiron, who's a, probably a arguably better winger. And they, yeah. Them. I, I think you see see you see the system that Brighton played. The, the Brighton system changes quite frequently. Yeah. Well, it, it, or the the way they play in the formation changes quite a lot. But they set up really well in this, and it's sort of showed Bruce what he's trying to do and showed and sort of showed me what Bruce was trying to do because I've not really understood it but Brighton played with a front three of Morpai, Trossard and Welbeck yeah. but, but Welbeck and Morpai were on the wings and Trossard was sort of a false nine but he was floating around all over the shop okay so Welbeck and Morpai were both sort of cutting in a little bit but they also had Mulder and Gross as inverted wing backs so most of the time Mulder and Gross from wing back were coming in narrower than their wingers, um, and and then that gave space uh, for Trossard to to do his stuff, um, especially for the first goal. But that sort of that inverted wingers uh, more than the fullbacks um, is sort of what I I guess Bruce is trying to do with having we've seen um, Gale and. Joel Linton on the wings with Fraser in the middle uh, last week. Um, I guess that's sort of a similar kind of thing. But Potter, as you know, I love him. He's, he's got it 100% right. His system was fantastic in this game. Absolute domination. Um, and Bruce, the complete opposite. Had egg over his face, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I, I think any other club in the league, I don't think he'd be in the job at the moment. No, I agree completely. Um, and I think New- Newcastle are in danger. I tweeted yesterday about the... The running of the, the two teams um, that look the most likely to be battling it out, Newcastle and Fulham, um, who face each other on the last game of the season. Yeah, massive game. I think Newcastle have got one more game, but face, I don't know if it's tougher fixtures or they, they face less top uh, bottom half sides. So I think before the last game of the season, Newcastle faced two teams in the bottom half and Fulham faced three. Um, obviously, the, you can you've seen teams in in the later stages pick up points against big sides. I think, but when um, QPR stayed up back in the day, in the- uh, we we took points off in our last few games. We took points off. Well, we beat Liverpool um, when we came from two 0 yes, down. Thank you. Win three two. Um, and there was there's a few other occasions. I think we might have beaten Spurs in there as well. But we took points off the bigger side. So when you get into the late stages. For the bottom teams, when they're scrapping away, they can take points off the bigger sides. But yeah. looking at the pictures just on paper, um, 
Fulham really do have a chance. Newcastle are in real trouble yeah. and really doesn't need doesn't seem to know how to get out because they don't have any identity. Um, just real, they are in big, big trouble if they stick with Bruce. In my opinion, yeah, definitely. Newcastle have got some really tough games. The next one's Tottenham, then Burnley, then West Ham, then Liverpool, and then it's I think it's Arsenal, Leicester, City, Sheffield United, and Fulham. Like none of them are. Yeah. All of them have something to fight for. I'd, I'd argue. I know. Yeah. So- None of them are particularly like middle of the league teams apart from Liverpool. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like it's going to be tough to to survive all of those games when, you know, they've got what? What did I say? Like f- four at least out of the top six? Yeah, Three, yeah. It's, it's They've only got Burnley and Sheffield United before Fulham on the final day of the season that on paper, they you say, well, they, they'll, they'll be in that game. Yeah. You can see surprises coming along the way. That's always the way, yeah. but on, on paper, that's how it looks. Yeah, not great if you're a Newcastle fan. I wouldn't be overly yeah. confident, can't lie. Um, and, and definitely not. You see the reaction on Twitter. They all want Bruce out. They, they can't believe he's still there. Or, but they, they can believe it because this is the way Newcastle have been run at the moment. Um, but they, uh, yeah, I, I really can't believe he's still there. He's struggling. He doesn't, does just like I say, doesn't seem to have a plan in how he's going to get them out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we we will see. But I I really can't see them staying up. And if they stay, if the only reason they stay up is is if maybe Wilson gets back and starts putting a few goals in. Um, potentially as well. Yeah. Yeah. But but will. Oh yeah, I think I think it's 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 those two uh, big players for Newcastle that could save Bruce rather than Bruce saving Newcastle. I don't think there's any other way around it. I do hope they stay up because I've done my uh, football manager career mode with them recently. And we're top of the league, so... I'll get you get in. Me. Sign him up. Just give me about 40 right. million to sign some players and I'll be good. Yeah, it's not asking it's a not. lot. Come on, come on. I'm putting my CV out there. Um, right. right. Then we'll go on to another fascinating game, sort of, in the European um, battle, uh, I guess you'd say, and, it, and at half time, or are going into the early stages in the first half, West Ham absolutely incredible. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Yeah, I really did not like what I was seeing after my prediction. Uh, I bet you were loving it. 3 0 up. 3 <laughs> 0 up. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I, I predicted a 2 1 Arsenal win in the end. Um, so I was hoping for an Arsenal win, but at least at 3-0 West no, you, Ham, it meant I read that wrong then. My bad. <laughs> but, you um, but, yeah, uh, Lingard on fire again. An absolute worldie for the first goal after Antonio uh, did a bit of good work in wide areas, um, who has now declared himself Jamaican after we talked about Literally, him. After we finished that podcast. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, for goodness sake. Um, Fair play. But, yeah, but then, yeah, then a, a clever free kick from Lingard. I, I love it when they do that. That's, we we spoke about it the other week how, uh, I think it was Brighton, when Lewis Dunk took a free kick early and it got called back um, against West Brom, it was. Mm. Um, but the, this is what it should be. The, the attacking team seeking the initiative, taking a quick free kick, uh, Lingard to Bowen, who... Well, shoot, it hits it straight at Leno, who should definitely do better. But the idea, quick free kick, um, and defence was asleep. Uh, 
and West Ham fully capitalised 2-0 up. Yeah, it definitely was a very clever piece of pay, uh, play from Lingard. Um, real pain at the moment because he's decided to start being good just when we thought, you know what, we've got enough cams to consider for the, for the Euros. Now Lingard's yeah. piping up. Yeah, and, and, and Lingard's got the... Um, he's in Royal with the South, yeah. Southgate. He, he likes him, doesn't he? Yeah. So, I, I, he's I mean, he's going to be in that position. I mean, yeah, it's a, a tough one. It's a tough one. He's in this squad, but you know, with Grealish out, you never know. But he's not going to be coming because Curtis Jones has his seat on the plane. Trust me. Curtis Jones does not have any seats on any plane at all. Under twenty ones, maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, but then yes, Suchek, um got the third goal after Antonio strike. Didn't didn't really know much about it. Um, He's now the third highest central midfield uh, goal scorer of the season. He's behind uh, Fernandez and Gundogan. Yeah. Uh, take, take take penalties off that, and he uh, he goes up second um, ahead of Fernandez. Yeah. Um, but he's isn't he's not well. You you don't ever remember him scoring a good goal, <laughs> but it's it's just headers or tappings or deflected things that have deflected off him. And, <laughs> and, but yeah, he doesn't know much about it. He's in the right place in the box uh, very often for West Ham, and he's been a great. You say that though, he was in the wrong side of the box once. Yeah, yeah. Talking about shots that have deflected off him, the first one is gone for him, and then the second Sorry. one, like I said, it's had a shot, is flicked off him and gone in. So that started the comeback for Arsenal. Yeah, I think Lacazette was probably man of the match in my eyes. Played brilliantly. Uh, guess you could also argue that Lingard deserves the shout there as well, but. I think also Odegaard was really good in in the comeback, oh, just dictating the I play. I thought that as well. I didn't want to say it after our uh, worst transfers video. <laughs> he's really yeah, yeah that's definitely really uh, We've got that. He's definitely uh, something special, and I think he's told his agent now to start getting the move ready. Yeah, if if Arsenal can keep a hold of him um, and get him permanently, then that would I be. Think- uh, a fantastic addition and yeah he, he's really impressed me I, I wasn't sure if he would and, he, and if he would 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 it stun progress of other players and he's, they've been able to fit him into the system and um, get all the, the youngsters around him as well and he's been quite fantastic and if yeah like you say if they can get a move for him done over the line then that will be absolutely great addition yeah definitely it really says something when uh, the three across the attacking midfield uh, two of them went off, being a Bamiang and Saka, and Odegaard got to stay on. You know, yeah, uh, quite a few Arsenal fans starting to turn on a Bamiang. Yeah, as I well. can sort of see that after that thing that happened against Tottenham. You know, the disciplinary issues. I know that he uh, they they won in the end. That probably went to fuss them too much. But you know, Martinelli's back in the squad, and they. I like Martinelli. Mm. I think a lot of Arsenal players do as well. He's probably one of the the more exciting players for them. But really, Arsenal have got a good team looking, especially with some of the players coming in and out, you know. Yeah, I, I think, because obviously, Aubameyang recently signed that new contract and that that was almost like a new signing, it seemed. But this season, he's been on and off. Um, but I, I think that the fans used to love him and, and it really seems to have taken a turn. Out. And yeah. that... Yeah, that three behind um, Lacazette, who's who's been uh, 
the more prolific striker this season um, seems to be Smith Rowe, Odegaard, and Saka uh, as your first choice for that. And like you say, Martinelli's another young young gun coming yeah. through. So Abamian could see his uh, minutes continue to die down if well if if the Arsenal fans would get, you get rid of him. If I could, I think I probably would um, free up some wages uh, and get a bit of a fee for him. But I don't think I, he's another one of the, one, no, no, another one of those Arsenal players who's probably on too much money. That he's he's signed that contract for a reason. He signed it because he's going to get loads of wages yeah. from it, um, and he's and it's probably like his last big big pay packet. Um, so I think. Nobody else is going to take a risk on a player of his age um, on his wages at the moment. So I think Arteta's, a, yeah, he's got to stick with him. So, yeah, I think that's his only Do you choice. Do you know how much he gets paid? Oh, it's going to be ridiculous, like 300 he's probably. the joint highest paid player in the Premier League with the hair, yeah. and they earn 375k a week. Yeah, that's outrageous, isn't it? Nobody else is paying him that, so he's not going anywhere until his contract so expires. So he's getting paid more than De Bruyne, Sterling, Pogba, uh, Martial, Aguero, Bale, Salah, Rashford, Kane. You know, these players yeah. are on lower wages. Bit of context, Kane, Salah and Rashford are 200k a week. Yeah, which is all right. I'll take no, it. But like, compared uh, to the outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, completely agree. Mad. I would... Either um, saying, look, start looking for a new club or take a pay cut because your pants at the moment. Yeah, I just don't think they're quite able to do that after giving him a contract. He's just going to say, well, you've given me a contract. I'm going to I'm going to be a good man and see out my well, contract you that you've decided stupidly to give me £375,000 a week. They made a mistake with Ozil and they seem like they've done yeah. it again. Well, it looked like a good idea at the time. Um and he's still he's still capable of those moments, um, but just at this current moment in time, it seems like he's he's a bit off the yeah, boil. Yeah, definitely too much money for him, uh, and I think he needs to take a, you know, start taking uh, playing the way he earns. Yeah, well, that yeah, that would be needs to some incredible Arsenal, form. To all in do all, that. though, have come into it a bit, and they a bit recently. One against Tottenham, yeah. big win. Through in the Europa League, obviously got that loss in in the week, but the main thing is they're into the next next I'm round. I'm really enjoying watching it. To be uh, honest. I think there's still a lot to go in term. This is a bit like I know it's all over talk about, but Liverpool from a few seasons ago. You know, you've got the flipping sports car at the front and then the uh, flipping van at the back. You know, sort the defence out a bit. You know, it's probably in a better situation than other teams have been like that. With Tierney looking good, Leno's a solid keeper. Um, I think some of the defenders have been pretty decent as well this season. Like, you know, Gabriel looks yeah. all right. He didn't start today. Yeah, Saliba to come back in on after his loan spell as well. If, if he's if they're able to get his potential, yeah, of him. it's it's looking better than it does for some. But you know, just sort the defense out a little bit. I think the mid defensive midfield needs probably another option. Xhaka's yeah. not the best. Partey's all right. Yeah, we've seen Partey's had some good games and some he's some bad games as well, or, or some lower points. But I, I, he's one of those players. He's he's probably good. He's or even great in a really good system um, with good players around him. But he's not 
going to solve all of those defensive difficulties no, on his own. He needs some needs some Jack help in not there. the man for that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think I, they probably need it at least one centre back and defensive midfielder before they can really um, look at the the top four, even top six places again. But yeah. Um, then they're not miles off. They've and with the amount of youth they've got through, if they can get Odegaard in, they've got a really exciting future. It's just about getting those older players on huge wages out I'd so they argue, can reinvest it. I'd players. argue in terms of like the youth they have, they've probably got the most exciting youth in the league, to be honest. Like Saka. In yeah, in terms of the amount of it. Saka, they have, Smith yeah. Rowe, you know, just a couple names, Martinelli, like they all look really exciting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. That was it for the Premier League action this weekend. Um, Spurs uh, currently away to the Villa. That's only just kicked off. So we will see what happens. They'll probably be about half time when we finish yes. this. It's so we'll get on to the FA Cup games. Hey. Uh, Quarter final stage. Some uh, interesting ties. Well, actually, looking at it again, <laughs> maybe, maybe one interesting tie. And three games were pretty just standard, what you'd expect. Um, Southampton-Bournemouth, a bit of a South Coast derby. Um, Yeah, 10 defeats in 12 league games for Southampton. So we said this on the previous podcast. This was a really good opportunity. Uh, One for, obviously, a chance to play at Wembley in the semi-final. Yeah. And also um, a great, great chance to just get that confidence and take that form into the league if they can. Um, they're, yeah, they're safe, yeah, as we know. From the Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, smashed it. Freena were absolutely dominant. Um, Redmond and Gineppo were the two changes that came in for the game. And Redmond especially was absolutely fantastic. Um, I like Redmond. I think he's a brilliant player. Yeah, he's just, he's never, he had so much potential. I remember it in that Norwich, I can remember that Nor- Norwich kits from those kind of seasons were, very um, well. I don't know. They were. I like them, but they were. There was a few in that era. Was few suspect Norwich kits. Yeah. Um, anyway, don't know what I'm talking about Norwich for. Um, oh yeah, he he sort of had that incredible potential at Norwich, um, and it's never really, really gone on to that next level. Um, no. He's a, he's a good Premier League player. He's he's an Andros Townsend, if you like. <laughs> Better than um, that Townsend, though, in my eyes. Yeah, it's just that level though. Is it's not? He's never going to be anything more than Southampton or Crystal Palace. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on his day, he's got capable of a moment of magic, and it was his day today. Today, yesterday. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. The main talking points I had for this is um, there's VAR in the FA Cup is just a very confusing um, thing. It's like we have it in some grounds some of the time and other grounds we don't have it. And like this one, we do have it, even though it's a championship ground. So if it had been championship opposition, we wouldn't have had it because it was Premier League opposition at a championship ground. We did have it. But in other games, we've had it the same situation, but not had it. So it's just very, very very confusing. Yeah, definitely very, very odd. And it needs sorting out really, I'd say. (laughs) Yeah, I I think the only thing in, in this, maybe you can say... It, you introduce it at a certain round and have it at all of the games for that round, and look, which is fine in this case. But we've had previous rounds where in some games we've had it and not had it 
Yeah. Um, but obviously in the FA Cup it's difficult because you might have like non-league teams who say can't really introduce it at the third round because you'd have teams that just it would be too much effort and waste of resources. Um, so I, I think that maybe that like you get to this stage of the quarterfinals and you dish it out across the board. But I think it's not unfair, but it's it's not a level playing field if they have it prior to that stage. Like we've had in, in some games we have VAR and some we don't. It just doesn't make sense to me. Mm. Especially, um, you know, need, it's needed some of the time. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, like two two disallowed goals today uh, yesterday for Southampton from VAR. Yeah, um, but had had it been, which could have had big impacts in the game, it ended up not making a difference. But had that been, if had Bournemouth been playing QPR, for example, probably wouldn't have had VAR at the game, um, and that could have had massive implications on the game. But because it was Southampton, they did. Yeah, definitely. It needs to um, be out realistically. Like, yeah, I, I think they just need to say, right, from the quarterfinals, every ground's going to have it no matter what. And you'd imagine from the quarterfinals, you're going to only have the main bigger sides in it. Oh, yeah. so exactly. Like we were in the quarterfinals today and there was one championship team and it was a a, a new championship team, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the Premier League grounds had VAR last season. So. Exactly. Um, but yeah, and, and then the, on, on the Bournemouth side of things, they were a mile off. Um, you see some championships hides sort of it's a good test to see especially Bournemouth looking at the top half they're not in the playoffs at the moment but that's definitely the aim um, You, it's, it's a good test for them to see how far off their Premier League standard they are and they were way off absolutely way off Yeah, um, they've had a few injury problems but no, nowhere near on the pace today um, and it's been an underwhelming season as a whole for Bournemouth um, you'd expect them to be in the playoffs comfortably. They don't have the squad that, say, Watford have, but if you look at the teams above them, you definitely would expect them to be in the playoffs, the likes of Reading, Barnsley, um, and, and a few others, um, even Brentford, maybe, you, you could argue. Um, yeah. But of, of, yeah. of the three um, promoted, uh, relegated sides, it looks like Watford and Norwich are comfortably going to go straight back up again. Yeah, they're going to um, Bournemouth have got a real challenge on their hands even just to make the playoffs. And then even if they get there, who knows what happens then? Yeah, especially with, you know, the, the, with the teams that are in it at the moment. Like, you know, Barnsley, you could argue, wouldn't be that much of a challenge. But I think this season, especially, they've proved like, you know, don't just read us because of who you think we are. Yeah, yeah. And then when you get to the playoffs, it really is, is, is anyone's game. It's, like like we said, the FA Cup, um, you've got Southampton who now go in to face uh, Leicester in the next round, um, and if that's that's probably the best tie for for those two sides. And then, and if you can win that, then it's just a one off game at Wembley. It doesn't matter who's against. Maybe you you're still the underdogs, and it, if it's against City or Chelsea and the other one, um, you you don't expect to win, but it's just one game. And yeah. anything can happen in one game, so it's the same in the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. I think they'll be. I think they'll be pleased with getting Leicester out of all the options, really, primarily because of what's going on at Chelsea at the moment. But I'm just yeah. pleased that Chelsea and City drew each other because it just makes it just that one bit more exciting. Like, yeah. are they going to have Leicester or Southampton in the final? Like, yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah, hundred percent. I completely agree. Um, and we'll go, yeah, we'll go on to Man City Everton, which was boring. Uh, just kidding. Yeah, 
not really the best against his first half had a couple of half chances not much action at all throughout the whole game uh, Virginia is in goal for Everton at the moment with Pickford and Olsen both out um, made a, maybe a couple of decent saves um, but De Bruyne came on in the second half and changed the game. Yeah, a bit, a bit like um, the Wolves game, um, where City were level. Obviously, that was uh, one all when it was level. Um, this was nil nil. But eventually, City's constant domination and constant just quality throughout the team eventually it gets the better of you and get into those eighty minute plus City go just chuck out two goals out of nowhere. Um, yeah, and a bit, yeah, yeah. Just think, eventually, that quality just is too much to handle in the end. Yeah, definitely. Especially when you've got options like Kevin De Bruyne on the bench. Like most teams can even dream about having him in their starting eleven. So when he's on the bench, I know they're resting him because they've got big games coming up. But looking at their bench, that's still players who you easily put in your in your winning team: Stones, Aguero, Rodri, De Bruyne, Torres, Mendy, Mares, Cancelo, Edison. Like you know. You think, oh my gosh, how can they start all these players on the bench and still have such a strong team, like starting? But City have just, you know, when you have options like that in the starting 11 and on the bench, there's no chance of anyone really getting a sniff. Like, if they don't win this tournament, I will be baffled. Yeah, I, I've, I've written that. I was looking at can they, but we say it a lot when, when a team's on the run like this, can they do the quadruple? Can they do the treble? Can they do whatever? Um, but City, I think the only thing that can stop them, because they, they've been able to rotate so much, um, but that they've got, I think they've got the Dortmund Champions League semi-final, which we'll talk about a bit later on. Yep. The FA Cup semi-final, which is against Chelsea, which is not probably what they would have wanted. No. Um, oh. And then the Carabao Cup final against Spurs. I think that's all within about two weeks, as well as they'll probably have some Premier League games mixed in there as well. So they, it's just, I know they've got the ability to rotate, but mentally that's a massive couple of weeks for City. And it's just whether or not they can bring their best game to all of those games, because that's going to be, it's just a lot of pressure um, in, in a few weeks. Yeah, it definitely will depend who they have in the league in that time. Uh, I'll, try and, I'll try and look it up now, but... You know, it's still, it's just a lot of games. I think this is what we've seen with City before. Um, in previous seasons, when they've done what they've done now, is like, you know, go on the run. Oh my goodness, they're going to get the quadruple. It's only a matter of time till we see, you know, oh, hold on, they've got this and this and this to play. Yeah. It's a lot for any team, even if you've got that many options, because there will be players who've got to play more than one game at a time, you know. Yeah, physically and, and mentally as well. I just think yeah, definitely. You've got a, like you when you go to a, a final or a semi-final in the Champions League or a semi-final in the FA Cup against Chelsea, you've got to be at your highest level and to constantly get yourself up for it is going to be tough. And especially they've got a bit unlucky with the Carabao Cup final because obviously that would have been done and dusted in any other season, but it's obviously been delayed to try and get some fans in. I'm still not sure if that will be possible, but. Um, yeah, that's another, that's another one they've just been unlucky, really. Yeah, definitely. Um, Do you think they'll get the quadruple? I don't know. I don't know. Um, no, I don't. You don't? Which? What do you think they're going to miss out on? Um, Prem's nailed down. Yeah, Premier League's done. I think 
I've changed my mind because I think you asked me this a few weeks ago and I said I think Spurs are going to win the Carabao Cup. Yeah, um, I think that's pretty nailed for City as well. No disrespect. But I've changed my mind. I don't think they're going to win the FA Cup. Ooh, chill. Um, Leicester are going to win the FA Cup. Leicester are going to win the FA Cup. And we, I will talk about that when we talk about Leicester because I was so impressed with them today. Okay. Uh, but yeah, only one one more thing on City. And Everton didn't play badly, by the way. They they were very strong. They were solid. They didn't have a lot of the ball. Um, they had a couple of chances, uh, half chances really. But it's just City are so good. It's just one of those, just can you hang on till the end and try and nick one in this? No. And like most occasions, City do just get the better of you. Um, but one thing on City is Phil Foden. I just want to give him a bit of credit because in the last couple of games, he's had... A, uh, an opportunity to go down under a challenge in Southampton and Everton where he probably would have got penalties for both occasions. He didn't get anything for either, not a free kick, nothing, not a, well, not a, not a VAR review or anything. Um, and I just thought if players are going to dive, we'll slate them. So if players are going to stay on their feet and sacrifice, um, probably getting a penalty for the team, we should probably give them a bit of praise and say what's going on, why we're not giving penalties when players are fouled but staying up yeah it's quite so interesting just... though because I saw something a few weeks ago and it's should diving be considered like I know it's scummy in a way but at the same time it could be considered like a bit of an art do you know what I mean like if you're going to win your team a penalty you're going to do it aren't you in most I think it's difficult I think because you're like it's like it's one of those things it's, it's really like you hate it. I think everyone hates it. But if it goes for your team and you win, you win a penalty, then it's fine. And it's not just diving. It's it's the amount of slight contact and players are going down. Um, and it's and that that maybe I, I can accept. But it's just when a player player's going down all the time, it's just trying to con the ref. And I think we need to be punishing it. The only way to get rid of it is to punish it more. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and we very rarely see yellow cards given for simulation, partly because it's so difficult for a referee to decide there and then, because obviously you can't go to a VAR review just for uh, a yellow card, just for a yellow card offence, unless obviously it's a penalty decision. Um, but that's very rare. So I think they need to do some more um, work after the game on potentially a handing out just like a, a match ban or an effective yellow card for simulation after the game, because it's really it's just too easy for players to go down and nothing to happen. Yeah, definitely. Especially when, you know, when you see these things a couple hours or days after they've happened, like I think you could argue that Salah would have a ban after some of the stuff that's happened with him this season, you know, yeah. like goes down after a, a slight touch. He's won a penalty. You know, if you're a fan of the player who's gone down, like if you're a fan of the team on like whoever's won the penalty, you're going to be like, oh, fair play. And obviously the opposition is going to be like, you're a diving cheat. However, yeah. like realistically, if you're winning a if you win a pen if you're behind the whole game, you get one chance to go down, ref gives you a penalty, and you get a draw out of the game or, you know, a win, you're not really I don't know, it should almost be like oh, like if you Yeah, that's the that's the problem, is it's too easy. The the play, the players are almost encouraged to go down because if they don't, they're not gonna get anything. Yeah. And if they do, then they will almost certainly get something. So it's sort of... It's almost it's, like a it's, it's not nice to see. Yeah, yeah, it's not like nice to see. And it's not... And and you just, you just like, you put the players down for doing it. But there's not enough uh, consequences 
to stop them from it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's get the other FA Cup game that was uh, a bit too uh, well easy to predict uh, out of the way before we can get onto the the big one. Uh, Chelsea, uh, Sheffield United. Um, not really a lot to say on it. I was watching the, these two on, on the BBC, which is the really good thing about the FA Cup is plenty of free games to watch. Um, but yeah. Chelsea relatively relatively dominant. Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, oh no, yeah. what have I done? Sheffield <laughs> Sheffield United um were were not bad. It, it was a much better showing than we've seen against uh, Leicester. Um they battled hard, but they just lack that bit of bit of something, really. They had a few chances. McGoldrick missed a big chance from a few yards out. Um Kepper made a save from Bernie and Brewster hit the side netting. But they just lack a bit of spark, a bit of that specialness, um, and eventually um, Chelsea just—it was quite—it wasn't really like a comfortable win. They didn't—they didn't show the best that we've seen from Chelsea, but they didn't really need to. Um, they got the first goal from a chill, well deflected effort, and the second one very late on was a, a, a breakaway. CX scored um, from a, a chill, well assist from that one. And that's about it. That's Chelsea had the had the luck for the first one, and it, yeah, they were just able to see out the game really from there. Yeah, definitely. Like it, it was probably a bit underwhelming. Really, people are probably were arguing, you know, Chelsea going to run away with this, especially at this probably being the best chance of a, a trophy this season. I know they're still in the in the Champions League and have got an easy draw, but Champions League's very different, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, it really did feel like it was going to be a bit of a a whitewash, especially with City. Um, sorry, with Chelsea's recent form and you know the way they've been playing. But the Blades did well. Blades did well. Yeah, I, I think it's in these cup competitions. It's just getting it over the line, and we've seen that even in the Premier League from two short so far. It's sort of we have we haven't seen that many exciting falling performances, but. He's not lost the game, so he, he's definitely got something going right there at Chelsea. So, um, yeah, another win, um, and no, nothing really bad to say about them. It just wasn't that exciting again. It's watch. quite. You could maybe say that the best thing that Tuchel's been able to achieve, really, is he's got some of those players who have been brought in this summer who were struggling under Lampard. You know, Werner's probably well. Werner's been better than when he had Lampard managing him. Uh, yeah. Same for Havertz, same for um, Ziyech, I think. And yeah. As well, yeah. Uh, Riza Balaga played. Your boy. Yeah. Kind uh, of a clean sheet for him. Uh, didn't have a lot to do, but yeah, they made up one save for McBurney. Yeah. But yeah, just, yeah, just that was it, really. Just a bit of a, pretty much exactly what we expected to happen in terms of the result. Just not, it wasn't not, nothing too exciting. Shall really. we get on to the big boy. Yeah, Leicester versus Manchester United. You were loving it. <laughs> you were loving it. You texted me throughout saying, oh, you're a genius, Ben. You've predicted it again. How can I be as <laughs> you? Uh, and then they went and scored a third. Yeah, I was... Um, yeah, in terms of prediction-wise, we both went for a Leicester win, but when it went 1-0, I was like, well, 
right, nothing else, please. Um, but then when they went to 2-1, I was like, right, more goals, more goals, please. Um, but in the end, we'll both settle for a point with that one. Yeah. But Leicester were absolutely phenomenal from minute one to minute 90. They were by far the better side. Um, they, yeah. Indeedy, fantastic. Fofana, Iheanacho, Tielemann, Soyuncu. There was not a bad player on the pitch. Um, full strength, Leicester, pretty much, um, in terms of the options they have available. Obviously, Barnes, Madison, uh, Pereira, Justin, all out. Um, Man United, on the other hand, they didn't didn't start. Bruno, uh, Luke Shaw, McTominay, um all start outside on the bench um, and it's one of those games that it happens so often um, where the bigger sides um, if you can say that um, Under don't, don't yeah they don't start their big names and then they find themselves in a bit of trouble and they've chucked them all on yeah definitely um, and all all of those all, the, all three of those I think uh, Solskjaer made a quadruple change and brought on uh, Fernandez, Shaw, McTominay, and Cavani all at once, just basically admitting, right, I might have, might have messed this up a bit. A little bit wrong. Um, but yeah, um, the f- first goal, um, really, Maguire stitched up Fred with a poor pass, but Fred, he was sloppy throughout the game. His passing's never been his top attribute, but it was really poor. He gives it straight to Ianacho, he rounds Henderson, and King Kelechi gets another one. Um, uh, I, I think he's really must be catching Vardy up in, in the top scorers because uh, he got another two today. Vardy, I think, is is without a golden eight now, but he's not playing badly. Really, and his energy was fantastic again today. Uh, he had he really had a good chance to make it three one, um, which he should have scored uh, when he absolutely destroyed Maguire. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I literally just can't. I don't have enough words to describe how good Leicester were. They were. We've seen before in these bigger games that Leicester have sometimes dropped off and just tried to hit teams on the break. And we've seen that's been their sort of main escape uh, in these kind of games. But this game, they were just absolutely dominant and were comfortable on their ball. Their midfield is, is so good. Tielemans and, and Didi are, oh my gosh, it's a joy to watch. They are incredible. Um, yeah, I think yeah. as well, Leicester sort of set up in a different system, especially to what we've seen recently. They had three, three centre-backs, which was something that I haven't seen. I can't remember seeing it Leicester. I think it might have happened before, but maybe not for a while. I'm not sure. I might be completely wrong. Yeah, I think in, in since uh, Justin's been out, they've been sort of playing with the formation a bit. Um, yeah. And and obviously, now with Pereira out as well. Um, so they, they only really have Castagne at the moment as an option oh, at that back, yeah. Um, so they played all Brighton as the other one and to be honest, that back three, Pereira, Evans, Fana and Soyuncu is very, very solid. So um I think it's a it's a good option for the future and with two up front with Vardy um providing more at the moment and Ianacho can't stop scoring. It's a really good system that's really working for them at the moment and I think it's been a, a really good, clever change from Rogers to make. Yeah, definitely, definitely a uh, something needed as well. But you know, this is something that I was thinking about when I was looking at this. Like, you know, you see Manchester United; they've got a good team, haven't they? Like, they've got one of the stronger teams in the league. Yeah. This is where I can't help thinking some of the time. 
does Ollie genuinely have an idea what he's doing? Like, it's, it's unfair to say, does he know what he's doing? Because he's got United into a good place. They're second in the league. You know, they just beat a hard opponent in the Europa League. But you could you could even argue this was bottom of bottom of his like list. But they're not going to win the Premier League, are they? And, and and top four, you would imagine, is pretty nailed on. Yeah, definitely. And you know, especially with their opponent in the Europa League, I'm sure we'll touch on that in a bit. I think it's Granada, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's not particularly hard. So why not go for this and just try and get? Yeah, yeah. The other issue I have um, is. It's not like they've got loads of fixtures coming up because there's an international break now. Um, Definitely. So what's he resting players for? Is he resting Fernandez so he can go and have some good performances for Portugal? Yeah. No. He's, he's made changes to give other players opportunities. But at this stage in a competition that you, you want to be winning, that why, why are you making those risks? It's, it was really unnecessary. I don't understand um, why he did that and yeah just didn't really make sense to me yeah and this is also this thing that I've been thinking about why are you playing Pogba on the left mid like I know he's played there a couple of times this season and Pogba was probably one of the better players from the Milan game the other day you know he got the yeah. goal and essentially sent United through but surely you'd just rather play him like more centrally you know Van der Beek Again, just struggled by the looks of things. Yeah, the weaker options in their team. Like, oh, I just why rest players like Bruno? Why rest Shaw? Like, Shaw's yeah. not the biggest one to be honest. But you know, Cavani. Well, they they, they rested. Well, Cavani had just got back from injury, but they rest the three main changes. They took out uh, Fernandez, Shaw, and McTominay, who've all been regular shot starters, and he brought all three of them back straight in when he made that change. So it's obvious that they are the three, the three players that he was missing. And yeah, like you say, Pogba on that left is a, is a weird one. He, he created that goal from on that side, um, yeah. which was a really good bit of skill. But other than that, it was relatively quiet. But I think the problem they've got is Solskjaer doesn't trust his defence. Um, yeah. And he always, in, well, recently anyway, he hasn't been able to play Pogba in that sort of second central midfielder role because he wants either McTominay and Matic or McTominay and Fred or Fred and Matic just to be protecting Maguire and Lindelof. Yeah. Um, so then then you've got the problem, well, do you play Pogba effectively as a number 10? Um, maybe that would be better. Uh, when yeah. Fernandes in a team, you can't do that. So it is really a, a bit of a problem. Got... the team then. Like yeah, pretty much. It's just whether or not is he is it wise to start him at left mid, or do you just have to say sorry, Matic, you're not playing. We'll just have to rely on Fred, or sorry, Van der Beek, you're not playing. Like I know he's got a lot of criticism over that signing. Um, you know why bother bringing him to the club if you don't plan to play him in anything, you know, semi important. And this was important. He trusted him and. It, it's just it just baffles me to be honest. Like Leicester are a good team, why not go for it? You know. Yeah. As well being the ones who finished uh, played last as well. You know, you've seen that Chelsea are going through. You've seen that um, Southampton are going through, and City, of course. But you know, two of those three opponents, you'd probably say, yeah, we'd take them. Like we'd give it a go against Chelsea and and uh, Southampton. But you know, I'm not the manager. What do I know? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, well, it's like you, 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 you're in the quarterfinals, so that you've got your two games away from winning winning a trophy, and or at least you Wembley, back, yeah, yeah, and you you back yourself over over one game. To if you can play at your best, we've seen Man United beat City, yeah. So and, and they'll back themselves against uh, Southampton if they face them, and then Chelsea as as well. Is it, is it going to be a close game? So over one game. It's the semi-final. You want you you back yourself at your best to win that, and then a, another one is the final. Anything can happen in the final. Um, so yeah, it just didn't make sense to make those changes. But I just even I, with, with those players when they brought them on, they they started to get a bit grow into the game. Um, but then Ian actually got his second, uh, which actually McTominay le- gave away a free kick and then left his man up the free kick. So a bit of a mare for him. But yeah, after that, that just ended it for United and. Yeah, like I say, Leicester absolutely fantastic, and that's why I'm I'm backing Leicester to win the FA Cup. I think it is genuinely more like well done to Leicester as opposed to what the heck were you doing to United? Realistically, like, yeah, I just think why not start a Fernandez or a Shaw when yeah. you know Van der Beek and Tellers, the newer signings, have definitely been two of the more underperforming players. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was all of it for the uh, FA Cup. The um, so, yeah, so uh, yeah, so Leicester face Southampton, which is a, a really good chance. Um, but um, yeah, then the big one, Chelsea City, is who are the big boys are going to face? One of the underdogs, you'd say, going into the Fine. Um, yeah. final. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll quick, go quickly through the EFL. Um, just because I, I was looking at the looking at the points uh, and and the sort of teams that won in the championship, um, Watford were the only side in the top six to win, um, which which is just shows that how competitive uh, the championship can be. Brentford with only one win in four, um, they've lost sight of automatics almost now with Watford coming into such great form and these playoffs again by the looks of it for them, uh, which is a gamble. And it's just how many times are they gonna lose out um on promotion before it's it's like well this is too many now it's it's good so you can only do it so many times before people are just saying well it's, it's just not good enough yeah uh, please bring ben foster back please i know but it's just like i enjoy his videos when it's him in goal like we need a still... daniel backman vlogs to start uh start a channel <laughs> yeah, uh, i'll subscribe um, but yeah, and then at the other end, only one of the bottom five lost. So um, yeah, all to play for at the bottom. Uh, at the top, it looks like Watford and Norwich are going to stretch away, and, and then it's the playoffs, which is all to play for. Yeah, definitely interesting. Um, and then in League One, this was what was very strange. All of the top six drew, um, which was I just thought that was a bit weird. And that includes our boys Doncaster, who were were two 0 down after four minutes, um, before a goal and our assist for forty year old James Coppinger brought it back to two all. Um, so lovely stuff from our boy James. Uh, but yeah, the man. Um, and yeah, at the other end of League One, two points separate the bottom six. Um, and obviously in League One, four teams get relegated. So that is just carnage down there. Um. If that stays that close to the last season, um, we've seen it so many times in the EFL where 
it's just it's, it's impossible to keep track with goals going in the last game of the season. Teams going up and moving up and down all over the shop. So that is a very exciting prospect, especially if there can be fans, uh, a few fans back in the game for the last game of the season. Then, yeah, there'll be a, definitely uh, nerves trembling. Yeah, 100%. Um, and in League Two, it was sort of the things that I had um, written down were just players that I, well, one player, Wes Houlihan, who's been tearing up League Two. Um, for Cambridge, um, one of those players who's just too good for the division. He's he's 38 now, I think. So I, I love a good golden oldie. Um, but yeah, he's tearing over Cambridge, who are second, who beat third place Forest Green. Um, and then a player, I just completely forgot he existed, David Nugent, um, scored for Tramir. Uh, I didn't know he played for them. I didn't know what was going on with his life. Um, main memory of him, I went to watch, I think it was against... Middlesbrough, and he missed an absolute sitter um, for them. Uh, but well, we lost against them anyway, so it was very relevant. But um, yeah, they they beat uh, Exeter in a big game, and they're now only outside the automatic spots on goal difference. So well done, David. Well done, Dave. And that's it for the FL action. We will jump into some European stuff. Yes. Um. Where would you like to when go? I'd say we start in France, the closest to us geographically. Yeah. Right. What are you going? Eurostar? Are we getting on the ferry? Um, I'm going to go on the understar. Uh, Eurostar. Eurostar. You're on. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that's while we talk about that quickly. They we haven't seen the PSG Lyon game as that is um, it's currently just ten minutes so, in. With the biggest yeah. news from the game being. The goat is back on the bench today, Neymar. He's back. Right. So that's yes, but that's a big game. Massive um, game. Especially um, if you look at other results um, that might have potentially gone their way. Lille um, losing, yeah. Yeah, Lille lost at home to Nims. I don't know if that's pronounced correctly. Oh, very good. I love that. <laughs> You've been you've been on the understar very too many times <laughs> for me. I can't. Um, but yeah, so yeah, yeah. Lille stay top uh, for now. Uh, but I think if, if PSG win, then they go top, and if Leon win, then they go yeah. top. Um, we're currently a draw. Come on, so Leon. They, they stay Lille top. Yeah, a draw would be nice. I'd quite like a draw yeah, actually. A draw. But yeah, or well, actually, prediction wise, we both want a PSG win, yeah. but. Um, we hear football fans before our selfishness. No, quite um, like points. But, oh right, well, fair enough then. Um, but yeah, Monaco smashed an Etienne, um, and Lee and was it? What was the other one? Nice smashed Marseille. Was the only other two. Yeah. But I'm just looking at the table now. I, another team I don't know how to pronounce. I think it's Lon. I'm going to go with <laughs> Lens. Um, yeah, they're fifth. Well, I don't know where that's come from. Um, outrageous. There's, you see some of the big sides below them. Um, some falls from Grace, Marseille, St Etienne. I think of. I think if PSG win, they overtake St Etienne in the most French league title yeah, or something do. like that. Or it's de- is de- So um, yeah, St Etienne down in sixteenth, Marseille in sixth, um, Nice down there as well. But yeah, good old Lon. Big wins. Come on, the boys. Unbeaten in five. 
Um, but yeah, so that PSG Lyon game is sort of the big talking point in France, and that's that's underway. So that's got the most biggest implications on the top. With if either of those sides can get a win, then they take the lead. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, uh, where are we going to get next? back on a plane and head over to Scotland just to talk about? Oh, yeah, I forgot about point. them. So France aren't that close compared to Scotland since we. That's a very good point. Um, although, if you're in Portsmouth or Cornwall, you you're probably probably closer. Well, you, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, there you go. Great bit of yeah, geography. That's a, real, that's a real think of that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, a draw in the old firm derby. Uh, it's sort of a, not really that interesting, really. We sort of, Rangers could have really piled the misery on Celtic with a win. Um, I think Rangers, I think Celtic's record points tally from a few years ago uh, can't be beaten by Rangers now after this draw. But it's another, so that's sort of a plus for Celtic. But yeah, it's one of those old firms that there wasn't really much uh, to play for, really. Definitely nothing really to play for apart from the status of going yeah, just a pride. Um, crazy how many points there are between first and twelfth. Like seven points yeah. for Hamilton and eighty-nine for Rangers is just. Whew. Yeah, that is mental. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, there's not. It's one of the probably the least exciting, especially without fans there as well. There was just not a lot of oomph about the no, game. No, definitely not under. Rangers should be happy with that. To be honest, after their their tough game midweek against Prague, so we'll yeah. go into that in a bit, I guess, when we talk about European football. But let's jump on a plane, right? And I say we go over to Germany. Going to Germany yeah. now, okay? Um, yeah, uh, there was just one one big talking point. Well, there was a few talking points, but the one big one for me is just how. Good by yeah, exactly right. Um, able to go a man down after 12 minutes at nil nil to eighth place Stuttgart. They're not playing bottom of the league, they're playing eighth place Stuttgart. So, this is effectively uh, Man City going one man down to Arsenal after 12 <laughs> minutes. Um, and at, at half time, they're already 4 0 up again. <laughs> it's just mental how. How good they are, and then after that, they did finish four 0 But Lewandowski hat trick again. It's just outrageous. this is the thing I struggle. What is the problem with Bayern? Where they either have to go a goal down or have something happen to them for them to start thinking, "Oh right, okay, wake up now." You know, they just need a challenge, don't they? Just like, go, go on, Alf, go on, Alfonso Davis, get sent off, and we'll see if we can still smash him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like it's not even like well. I guess you could say it's not even one of their poor players, but they haven't really got any poor players who's been sent off. You know, yeah. Lewandowski's going for that that title, Bundesliga all-time top goal scorer, and scoring a hat-trick just sort of goes, oh, wait. He, like, you look at it, it's like 100 goals in between him and Muller, and you go, oh, hold on. He's like 33 now or something. He could still get it. Yeah, I think he's on track for 40 goals this season, which is just... Or even more, but it's just... 32, not 33. Uh, the age is... Just... It's just... 
but yeah, just incredible for Bayern Munich. They are so dominant. Um, no matter what Leipzig can keep closing the gap, put the pressure on for a couple of hours, but it just doesn't seem to be working. And it's just going to be another dominant season for Bayern and a, a season that's really um, going to be tested on the Champions League. And that's that's the tough one for the top, top sides in Europe that they're really, they're, the league is expected to be won. Um, and the Champions League is really where the test is. Like at least in the Premier League, there's a few teams that you, like if you don't win the league, well, you can say, right, well, it's competitive. But if Bayern Munich and PSG, they're not even, it's not even a question of do they win the league? It's like when they win the league, how well do they do in the Champions League? Oh, interesting, PSG. Yeah, yeah. They aren't top of the league, are they, yet? No, I know, but I, I just said before, but like oh, before yeah, the yeah. season, if like PSG shouldn't, they won't, they're not even thinking, well, they're not even thinking, do we win the league? It's like, well, yeah, we will win the league. And it's just judging us how well we do on Champions League. Yeah, definitely. League. And uh, on that note, PSG have gone 1-0 up. Just so you, wow. just so you know. So I'll, I'll let you uh, think on that one for a bit. But Kylian Mbappe scored as well. Let's go over to the better, the, the better team in, your, uh, in Germany. The other team in Germany who people probably know more about, and that's Dortmund. The big dog yeah. got absolutely bailed out again by flipping baby-faced assassin Erling Haaland. Yeah, he was uh, not very happy about it. No, a lot of people seem to think that he's um, running out of patience a bit now. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of his uh, persona that we see on the football pitch. Um, but I, I don't know him. I don't know his actual personality, but he seems a bit... Um, he knows how good he is, let's just say it, put it that way. Um, and, yeah, stormed off the pitch, threw his shirt at whoever wanted his shirt from uh, whoever they're playing against, I can't even remember anymore. But, yeah, just stormed off, didn't shake anybody's hand or fist bump, and I Calm just down, thought... Mate. There's a long way to go, really. That, As okay. a, I think he's going for, like, the sort of Ebra persona. Uh yeah, wait, well, I don't know if he's going for it. Maybe that's just, he, he's just very caught up in the game. He's very young. Definitely, still that's the thing. Ibra's double his age and has proved a lot more. We'll see how Harlem really gets on if he was to leave and go to a better league. Uh, not that the Bundesliga is bad by any means, but, you know, he needs to just sort of calm down a bit in my eyes. Not on the scoring front in that. He's been, he, he's been mental. A lot of people seem to believe he's the best striker in the world. I don't know if I'd go that far yet. But definitely up there. Yeah. I guess when you're scoring that many goals, you've got the you've got the stats to back up yeah, your arguments. I guess. Um, but yeah, Dortmund not having not having a great weekend because four points off Champions League qualification with uh, Frankfurt smashing Union Berlin five two. So I, I think if Dortmund don't make Champions League, then there's there's no way Haaland will be there next season. I think it's going to be a struggle to keep a hold of him even with Champions League but if they don't get into Champions League then he'll be off enough by then, yeah. and they've got eight games um, to uh, do it as well so big big end of the season for them and, and Sancho's another one I, I can't imagine him, him wanting to play um, Europa League football uh, another loss for Schalke not much surprise there Leverkusen <laughs> got smashed as well 3-0 Frankfurt smashed Berlin, five two. 
not much really you can say about any of those. Wolfsburg winning still holding on to that but, yeah. cheeky third place. But yeah, so then we'll go to where do you want to go? Let's Italy go down. Let's go down a bit to Italy. Right. Um, yeah, just a nightmare for Juventus as we've seen. I I don't know how long Pirlo's got. I don't know how how long they plan on uh, sticking with him, but it's another yeah. loss. And in a, in a weekend where Inter don't play because of uh, they've had some uh, coronavirus outbreak. Um, this was an opportunity to at least put the pressure on um, and they've lost at home to Benvenuto who are, I think, haven't won a game in they're 10, 16. I think. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're not in good, they're yeah, bottom, towards the bottom of the table, not not in good form either. Um, this sort of just plucked, plucked a win out of nowhere. Especially after the disappointing uh, Champions League run, you'd have thought now they can go full yeah. on. You know, I think they're still in the in the Italian Cup. But, you know, this is yeah. where you'd think, right, we've got, we've been embarrassed on the world stage. Let's just go out and try our hardest to get this league wrapped up. Like, try- Yeah, it's another one of those sides, like the PSG and the Bayern. It's like, the league is almost expected at the start of the season and, and the Champions League is what they're judged on, but they're out of the Champions League and, and the league is, Looking like it's escaped yeah, them. To definitely, be honest. I, I think they'll probably win the the cup, but you know that's not overly wow. When you know you'd rather win the the league or the uh, Champions League, which was what Ronaldo was originally brought in yeah. to do. He's been knocked out three times in a row now. It's really not looking great. Yeah, um, and then the other the other games, Atalanta and Lazio picked up big. Uh, well expected wins uh, Milan have just beaten Fiorentina 3-2 came from uh, 2-1 down to the win goal. that one uh, Ibrahimovic getting himself on the goals on, on the scoring sheet and from Rubery for yeah, Fiorentina as well um, and then the other the other sort of big game between the top seven Napoli are currently tuning up at Roma with Mertens with a brace so uh, looking good for yeah. Gattuso's men yeah we'd like that um, and Right, should we? Um, and then into Spain, uh, last but not least, uh, Barcelona currently uh, playing away to Real Sociedad, but the other two title challengers, both picking up wins, both uh, their main men taking the uh, most of the glory. Suarez with the only goal in a 1 0 win for Atletico, um, and Benzema with two goals and an assist um, for Real, who and he's just been in incredible form recently. Yeah, he's really been picking up uh, big goals, important goals at important times to pretty much start carrying Real Madrid and continue in this title hunt. Yeah, uh, going back to the, athlete, the Atletico Madrid performance, uh, Suarez did get the only goal of the game. I think that's now his fifth, fifth, uh, 500th goal or something, 500th goal on something, uh, which is mental. And Benzema again, showing his veteran status in the league. Yeah, talking of fives um, with Suarez's 500th goal, um, that's five assists in five home games for Kieran Trippier in recent weeks. So, you know, <laughs> Gareth knows what he's talking about. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. We will see. Barca are currently halfway through their game. Uh, well, not halfway, but they are in the middle of a game. Halfway through the half. Halfway through the first half, yeah. 
with obviously Lionel Messi starting. Yeah. Um, and also the only other thing in Spain, Sevilla, who were who were sort of in the title hunt, but sort of fizzed out a bit, um, still looking strong in fourth. Um, they were a goal down in the 94th minute, but goalkeeper Bono gets up there for a corner and he equalises, which is always a great uh, scene to see. Because I wanted to speak about that as well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just uh, there's not much better things in football. I can't imagine uh, a goalkeeper having that feeling very often. Often you see goalkeepers score and just not knowing how to celebrate because it's just not a position they ever expect to be in. And they, and they scored. Yeah. Fair play. Right. Uh, so, yeah, uh, do you want to, what do you want to do? Do you want to do some predictions or do you want to quickly uh, give our assessment of the Champions League? I'm going to rush over the Champions League, I reckon. Okay. Because it's the uh, E thing is last. So okay. we saw four teams play this week with Atalanta 3-1, which I uh, predicted the win, not the score. Yeah. You didn't, just so you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> City also won. Another point for me in the prediction. You know? I mean, I'll take a point. Uh, I don't think I got the... Uh, the victory royale, though, in terms of the Chelsea game. Chelsea won 2-0. Yeah. Absolutely demolished Atletico Madrid from what I saw. Uh, Rudiger, a bit of, you know, uh, shithousery, you could say. Yeah. And uh, Kante running the show. But yeah, so uh, that sets up some nice, uh, well, some I, I'd say nice... Uh, fixtures for English sides. Um, yeah, three remain in the competition, which is brilliant to see. That's yeah. almost half. Uh, but some exciting games, really. Um, as a as a Liverpool fan, I'll talk about the Real Madrid one. I think that's a great. That's going to be a great match, really. Uh, hopefully, we can pick up a bit of form before that happens. Not many ch- games to do so, but you know, we seem all right in the Champions League. There's a lot of uh, stuff flying around saying. You know, last time Liverpool were outside the top six and still in the Champions League, they went on to win, you know. I don't know if you've seen that. That's quite entertaining as a Liverpool fan. Um, yeah, I think as well, the the, retur- the return of the, well, it's the final from a few years ago where obviously you had that Salah and Ramos incident. Um, so I, I think a lot of Liverpool fans were hoping that they might have to face Real Madrid to get a bit of revenge. Yes, definitely. Um, on to the other ones, Porto-Chelsea. I don't really know much about Porto. I'm not going to lie, but you'd, you'd expect Chelsea are going to. Yeah, it's the it's the best possible draw in on paper. Yeah. You know, we've seen Porto beat um, Juve, and that's obviously an upset. And that's always the problem you face when you face the the lesser of the teams in the Champions League. But I think they've got quite a few suspensions from the amount of yellow cards they put picked up in that game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you'd expect you, uh, Chelsea to comfortably go through that and, and the same with City in the next one which is against Dortmund yeah I was watching the um, the draw live I don't know if you did as well but I, I saw City with the first name Paul I think it was and I was just sat there going no 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 <laughs> no <laughs> um, and thank God we didn't Dortmund were unlucky I think City are probably favourites in my eyes to win um, yeah, City and Bayern you would say probably yeah definitely I think City are probably well. I'm, I'm buying her on paper, most likely too. The only thing that you could argue is there's this hoodoo with City in the Champions League, 
which yeah. I kind of hope carries on. Hmm. Uh, just saying. But, you know, it'd be an interesting one. Can Dortmund sort themselves out? I don't think they will, but we'll go on to predictions when we do and we can predict better then. But I think by far the most exciting, well, no, not by far, but the one, the most exciting game to watch will be Bayern. Closest to call as well. It's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a team as well, but yeah, um, we want a bit of revenge as well, like Liverpool after the last Champions yeah. League final. Yeah, it's a, it's the two sides that have been dominant in their their league in for recent years, but yeah. one side has been able to convert their uh, quality into Champions League wins, and one side is still yet to do that. So. Yeah, as well as weird though, because you know Bayern have obviously got the trophies to show it, but PSG haven't. Def- they've definitely after that six-one thrashing against Barca, they've definitely got better and better in, in the in the Champions League. You know, got to the final last year. I know the it was a weird final, re- uh, weird final uh, couple weeks, really, wasn't it? Yeah, with uh, Leipzig and Atalanta getting quite far. Well, yeah. Them. Um, but you know, this one will be interesting because I, if Neymar's back, it could be a very difficult game for Bayern. Yeah, it is definitely going to be an interesting one. Um, yeah, whichever side um, goes through that that tie is is probably one of the what one of if not the favourites along with City. I think Chelsea are dark horses. Um, Tuchel's brought something to them, um, and they're in great form as well. Um, and then, yeah, it, pretty much all the winners of these ties are really, really good sides. There's no, there's no surprise semi-finalists um, if, if the favourites will go through. That's um, Porto, in particular. Yeah, 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 or, yeah. Porto or Dortmund could surprise a few, but I just can't see that happening. Yeah, um, and I like that that final four is going to be a really strong final four. I think the only good thing you could argue is I think it's probably the most exciting thing is the. Uh, semi-final draws would be the winner of PSG versus Bayern would play City or Dortmund, presumably. Yeah. And uh, Madrid or Liverpool will play Porto or Chelsea again, probably Chelsea. But I think, yeah, um, yeah, it'll be a really interesting Champions League this year. I hope it pays off. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, last year, I believe, we got to the, the round of 16. Uh, sorry, we got to the uh, tournament sort of set up didn't we where you know one game yeah. I think it was this stage of the competition yeah yeah I think so it definitely for the semi, uh, but I don't think Barca made it to the semis did they yeah there was like a couple of teams that had to play a second leg and then a couple of teams that just went for one leg I think as well yeah, it all got played in one sort of whack didn't it yeah um, so, yeah very very good things to look forward to there um, Do you want to look at the Europa League quickly? Uh, well, we'll look at the English teams that are still remaining in the competition. Yeah, there's a couple, isn't it? Oh, is there? Yeah, there's a couple. Arsenal, yeah, I forgot about Arsenal. Um, Arsenal yeah. and With obviously Spurs being absolutely destroyed by, um, who was it? Or- Dynamo Zagreb. Um, who, whose manager is in prison, which is outrageous. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, not good for Spurs. But, yeah, Arsenal lost and they're through. Um, they face Slavia Prague. I'm hoping they win with all the events that uh, happened in the Rangers game. So, really hope Arsenal can stick it to them. Yeah. 
a lot um, well there, but I don't think we've got time, so we won't really. Yeah. And then uh, United uh, seeing off Milan and face one of the easier teams left in the in the draw. Yeah, definitely, probably with the one you'd probably want, especially after seeing what Zagreb did to Tottenham. Um, a lot of problems with Tottenham after that game. Um, a lot of players getting told off for not apologising on Twitter or something sort of made me look at our unpopular opinions podcast when, you know, fans don't deserve anything. Do they deserve an apology? I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I don't think they deserve yeah. it. <laughs> no, they don't. Uh, players should play as well as they can and they probably weren't good enough. They could have played better. but Yeah, I think a lot of them seem to think the job's already done and, you know, it wasn't. Yeah. But I think Ajax Roma is probably one of the more exciting ones to watch as well. Uh, Roma yeah. have definitely picked up off previous seasons. Ajax I, I, I as well, definitely uh, going under the radar as well. Definitely. Um, they, they've been fantastic in recent seasons in, in Europe. Especially considering um, all the players that they've lost, like... You know, we are seeing, we aren't seeing Van der Beek. We're not seeing um, De Ligt, De Jong, you know, but they're still sort of there, aren't they? You know, can't quite yeah. them off. Yeah. It's 2-0 to yeah. as well, just so you know. Wow, that, our predictions are looking good. Yeah, one more, please. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that. that's it for the European stage. And we'll go on to our predictions. Obviously, we've got, the international break coming up now. Yeah. Um, so this, we've decided to predict just what the home nations will have uh, coming up in this current week. So we'll kick off with Belgium to against Wales. Ooh, I'm going to go 3-1. No, 3-0 Belgium. Oh, almost stacked my prediction. I'm going 3-1 to Belgium. I kind of wanted to give Wales the, the benefit here, but I... I didn't in the end. Like, I, I saw saw the uh, saw the points that you were racking up. I thought this is not the time for a shock. Um, this isn't. This, and, um, this is round is the first uh, set of fixtures in the World Cup qualifiers as well. So yeah. all teams will be wanting to get off to a good start. So I'm actually quite looking not forward gonna... to this. I, I I don't mind international football that much, and when especially when it has a purpose, it friendlies. I can't really get behind but this I can you know it's always interesting just to see players play well with people who they don't play with every week you know yeah okay cool um but yeah so then the next one is uh Serbia versus the Republic of Ireland I'm gonna go for one nil Serbia one nil for Serbia I have also gone for a close encounter but I've gone one one Back in my um, my boys, yes. The Irish. Um, then the Irish, yeah. Um, well, the Republic of Ireland, um, and then we go to Italy, Northern Ireland. Ooh, another um, one. Which I've another one. Yeah, I've gone for a two nil uh, win to Italy. I'm going to push the boat out a bit more. Four nil. Four nil. Yeah. Uh, this is another one that I could I could kind of see a shock on the cards here. Um, I don't know. Italy have been in really good form internationally. It's hard to say form because of the, the, the games are so, so far spread apart. out. But yeah, but in terms of their their recent uh, 
results. Uh, again, I don't know why I say recent. Um, the latest results that they have played, uh, very good form. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they're looking to continue that. Um, then we go to Scotland-Austria, which is an interesting one as well. Yeah, that's, that was the toughest one to predict in my eyes. So, I'm, what have you so I've gone for, for two all. Ooh, I've gone for 2-1 to Scotland. Um, che Adams just announced himself as Scottish. So uh, hopefully he can fire them uh, ahead. And Scotland, really, really good good uh, qualifying group. Gives them a really good chance of getting into the... Well, yeah, it's quite, it's quite interesting to see all these players coming out now and changing their uh, nationalities away from English just sort of because they're sort of like, oh, I don't think I stand much chance, you know, like... I don't blame them, yeah. really, but I think this has probably been one of the hardest years to, in terms of selection. So, yeah, um, and then on to um, how many goals will beat will England beat San Marino? I've gone one nil San Marino. I haven't. No, I have haven't. you? <laughs> yeah, I, I think this one was just like um, this is we know we're going to get a point on, in terms of our predictions leaderboard, but is can we? Predict the exact amount of goals England will score to get ourselves those extra point. That extra point. Um, this was quite a, a hard one to, to predict as well. Last time we played was yeah. the fifth of September, twenty fifteen. It was six nil, and yeah. uh, you know that's when Theo Walcott was still in the setup. So that's yeah. back so... for you there. But I've gone seven nil. Oh my gosh! Right, I've um, I've only gone for four. Um, I yeah, don't know why. I just felt just a, a comfortable. I feel win. so bad just sat here being like, oh, how many goals did we lose? If there's anyone from San Marino listening, no disrespect to your country, but you're not the best football team. Sorry. Well, they if they're listening, they're they're probably in the squad as well. To be honest, um, so. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that is a uh, a lot of goals in your fixtures. Three nil, one nil, obviously not that one. Then four nil, two all, and seven yeah, nil. Um, it's coming up. But yeah, yeah, you've got the uh, got the Belgium Wales game, which should be you'd expect Belgium to win and England to win. But yeah, some interesting fixtures. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of international football, but um, this close to the Euros, I, I'm sort of I'm a don't know if a fake fan. I'm only excited when we get to the big things. I can't care about all the qualifiers and that. But now we're so close to the Euros, I'm sort of peaking an interest. Yeah. Um, I thought I'd just run you through some of the scores that have gone on whilst we are chatting that we haven't really looked over. Yeah. Tottenham are one niller. Carlos yeah. Vinicius and uh, Barca have also gone one niller. So interesting games going on. So hopefully we can talk about them next time. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, we'll be back on um, Tuesday or Wednesday um, for the next episode in our Ooh. Premier League rankings of players, which is left back. I started ranking yet. I am. Oh, I'm, do you know what? This is a tough one. I don't think the quality is maybe as high in the left backs as it is in the no, right backs. Um, but yeah, I'm chopping and changing at the top constantly at the moment. Um so yeah, that will certainly be, will interesting. be interesting. Yeah. So yeah, thank, thank you, you for listening. listening very much. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, Goodbye. Have a nice week. And you bye. bye.